Nou, dat is nieuw dat ze het zeggen. Hoorde jij dat ook of niet? Ja, ze hebben nieuwe updates in, ja, uh, in Zoom. Ja, daar heb ik nog niet gehoord. Nou, top. Oké, okay, laten we beginnen. Welcome to the Karma Density Podcast. My name is Maarten and my guest today is Marat. Marat is a dental ceramist and he was born in 1988 in Tbilisi, Georgia, and from, from Armenian parents. In 1993, he moved to the Netherlands where he grew up. During his, graduation, during his graduation, he received a thesis reward for his work about psychology in dental technology. And at the age of 21, he received a degree of master ceramist and he started to work at Natuurlijk Tantechniek in Veenendaal. Since 2011, Marat is working on an ambitious project where he travels around the world to interview masters in dentistry. His interviews are published in the famous Labline magazine. But I think Marat is probably best known for his exceptional work on shade matching and his software Matisse. So Marat, welcome in this podcast. It's a, it's an honor to have you here. I, it was around a year ago that we that we uh, that we approached you, I guess. Um, yeah. But yeah, due to the situation, um, yeah, it took almost a year to get you here. So yeah, welcome. thank you very much, and uh, I'm honored to be in this podcast. And I'm also um, yeah, I'm I'm very um, excited actually for this meeting, for this interview, and what you are doing with Karma Dentistry uh, with your um, with your colleagues, it's uh, it's insane, and. Um, Yeah, it's a great platform to share. Uh, that's why I'm so honored to be able to share also my story and uh, probably to inspire people with this. Yeah, uh, thank you. Yeah, uh, when I was pre preparing this interview, I was thinking back on how we met. And I remember that I guess it was 2018. Um, I started a, dance, a dental ins Instagram and That was around the time that I that I knew that there was a lot more than the dentistry I knew locally. So I learned uh, a lot of famous. Uh, I I learned more about famous dentists, about people making beautiful work, and I always saw your contributions on LinkedIn, on Facebook, on Instagram, and I always thought, okay, this is amazing. This is this is the this is the type of uh, of ceramics that I wanna that I, that I want to work with because I noticed I'm putting in a hundred percent, but the end result wasn't always satisfying, and I didn't really know how. Um, Uh, what the main reason for that was. Was it me? Was it the technician? Was it the communication between me and the technician? But um, sometimes I felt like, yeah, the, the, final, uh, the final end result wasn't um, reflecting on the amount of work that was put in. Um, so I think I sent you an Instagram message or a LinkedIn yeah, message. We started to talk on Instagram, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I said, well, I, I live in Arnhem, you live in Veenendaal, it's like 20 <laughs> minutes apart, is there a chance that I can meet you some, some, someday? Get We to started you? to date, actually, dental dating. <laughs> yeah, yeah, dental dating, yeah. So uh, I remember that I that I went to you, I think, on a, on a Tuesday morning, and I had to work at one or so, and I spent the entire morning at your um uh, yeah at your lab uh you were talking enthusiastic about everything you were doing uh yeah and i i, I remember that that really inspired me and uh yeah from the day on we had a lot of nice uh cases uh, we did we did we did a lot i think almost everything i did i sent it to you um 
but yeah, then your career changed a bit. And I yeah. think it's a year now, a year and a half that you quit as a dental. Yeah, a year and a half ago, I quit uh, the dental lab because I wanted to focus more on um, the, the new project that I have with Matisse Software. So from, uh, from uh, basically from uh, being a dental technician, I switched my career to be, to be a owner uh, of, a, of a software company and, um, and helping and solving this problem of shade matching in dentistry. Um, and that's, that needs my full attention because the problem that we are solving is very difficult. And also we have live users. So we need to uh, support our community, support our users. And uh, also I'm giving worldwide courses uh, with, with, with the software. So then like organizations are inviting me to give, to give a single central live patient course so that I can demonstrate every step how to solve this problem of shade matching. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 so great for you that you get those opportunities. But actually, I was I was quite bummed that that I that I wasn't able to, to work with you <laughs> anymore. So hopefully, um, your company grows that much that you will be able to 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 treat my patients again. I am. Um, it, it, it's it is in my plan actually to um, once uh, Matisse on the is on the right path that I will open my own small boutique where I will focus uh, my attention to doing, you know, the aesthetic cases because I love, I love doing, I, le- I love making teeth, you know, yeah. that's my passion. Yeah. 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 Well, I hope that will uh, be very soon. <laughs> uh, when we, when we look back to your history, um, why did you want to become a, a dental technician uh, and then and, uh, also a ceramist, uh, especially? Yeah. So, it happened by coincidence, actually. I didn't know about uh, dent- dental technology. I didn't know that dental technician exists. I was always thinking that dentists are making the crowns as well back then. And the reason why I chose, the reason how, how I get, got involved with dental uh, technology was that in, um, back in our place, our, uh, my parents and my uncles, they were jewelers. They were, they were making... Uh, you know, they were working with gold, they yeah. were making uh, rings, uh, ear bells, like they were um, creative people and good with, uh, with, it, with their hands. And so what a young person then normally does, he wants to follow their path. So I wanted to become also a jeweler, but it didn't happen because, uh, because uh, jewelry was becoming uh, automatized with CATCAM, right? There was less handwork, handwork involved. So I was searching to find something else. And then when I was reading about different professions, I found about dental technology. And in the description was written that dental technologists work with gold. (laughs) (laughs) So I was thinking, oh, interesting. I can still work with gold, but in another sector. So that was the trigger actually that I went for to become a dental technologist. And when I was... When I was studying dental technology, I wanted to do only gold. So I wanted to do golden frameworks and full, 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 um, full crowns, full golden crowns. Yeah. So in my in my second year of dental technology, when they when they told me to go to the ceramic uh, department, I was so disappointed. <laughs> yeah, you don't do any gold. <laughs> yes, I was thinking I didn't chose to become dental technologist because of that, right? Yeah. 
But of course, they explain me that the future is ceramics and because you are good with your hands and, you know, you are creative. So we think you will have a bright future with, uh, with ceramics. Yeah, oh. oh, that's yeah, that great. <laughs> and um, yeah, as you know, I'm a big I'm a big fan of your work. And um, you. to be honest, your work is not comparable to the average dental work we often see. And what was your your motivation to excel in dentistry to 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 excel in your in your field of work? That's a very good question. So, uh, like. So like it's, it's my, it's my mentality. If I, if I choose to do something, I want to become the very best version of myself. And, and I'm also a very curious person. So every time I, I do something, I want to become very good, but very fast. So I don't want to spend 20 years to figure everything out myself. I want to be like the smarter person that that uh, goes after uh, answers or does a lot of courses to improve faster. So what I, what I, I was thinking, because our, my goal as a ceramist was to copy nature, na natural tooth. Yeah. And I was looking all these masters in the world that they were achieving this amazing results. And uh, when I just started ceramics, I was struggling to achieve the same result. And I was thinking, you know, am I ever going to achieve that level? So I was always like, struggling to achieve natural looking results. And I was thinking by myself, how can I become, uh, how can I achieve that the same level as the other masters? And then I got an idea to, to, um, uh, to, to approach them actually, approach them and ask them the question that I had about how they, how they layer the tooth, how they, observe nature, how they learn the right morphology, like all the, all the questions that I had, I, I, I wanted to know from all the masters. And I wanted to know all the secrets actually. And it started actually very small, the, 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 uh, the, the project. The first, first person that I ever interviewed was August Bruguera from Barcelona. He was giving a course in the Netherlands and I did a course and I also interviewed him. And during the interview, he gave me, you know, his uh, way of thinking. He gave me advice, what books to, uh, to buy, what courses to do, what, what, uh, where to invest my time to become a better ceramist. And, and then I was thinking, whoa, this information is so, uh, so valuable that if I keep it only for myself, that would not be honest for other people. So I was thinking, yeah, what if I can find a magazine that, that want to share these interviews? And I found in a, in a Congress of Oral Design in Italy, Rimini, it was in 2013. Back then in the Congress, I was a young, um, uh, young ceramist, 22 years old. And I was, um, all the masters there, I was asking them to interview them during the, during the like in the breaks or, there were like short conversations that I had with them, but I was always asking the same questions. And so I, I, I think I, at that time I interviewed like 10 masters, which uh, helped me a lot. And Loveline magazine had a booth there in the Congress. And I saw their pages. They were so beautiful. Yeah, like, beautiful magazine. Yeah. Beautiful images. And 
and I, I just tried. I just asked them, hey, you know, I have this, in, I have this project. Would you like to collaborate? And uh, Laszlo Nemeth, the, the owner of Loveline Magazine, he, uh, he told me, give me your email address. I will think about it and I will answer. One week later, he answered, yeah, let's, let's start this project. So since then, we, uh, I think we, um, we published more than 30 interviews. And uh, this project is still, uh, is still alive, actually. So I was two weeks ago in Athens, where I interviewed uh, Psaris Ilias, a master from uh, Greece. And also then talking with them also, you know, he gives you insights, not only about work, but also about life. Yeah. And that's, that's what's so unique about talking with masters and being able to ask, you know, the questions that you want, uh, you know, that, that you need, that you think it's interesting for the audience, but also that you think it's interesting for you. Yeah. Um, and was it easy to connect to them? It was difficult in the beginning. Yeah. But once I had some famous names that agreed for the interviews, after that, it was very uh, easy, actually. Yeah, it became easier and, and people get to know you and, and know the magazine and know the interviews. So yeah. it gets easier, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and was there something that all masters have in common? You are asking very good questions. I like that. <laughs> they um, uh, they are very passionate about their profession, and they always want to improve in their work. They have. They have. They. Uh, if if you if you look at all the masters that achieve the very high level, they are exceptional human beings. They follow their own path. Um, most of them, they had uh, mentors in their lives, not only about professional, but also in life. So I think what they have in common is that, uh, that they want to be successful. Yeah. They want to be successful. They want to have a good life. And uh, some of them, they had also struggles in life, which give them more motivation to be more hungry for knowledge and become uh, even better. Yeah, I think those are the things. And we can talk hours, you know, about uh, what they have in common. Yeah. But um, yeah, and what what, I, what is important also to understand is I got often the question, do you need talent? Do you need yeah. to be super talented to be to become a master or to be to achieve that level? Yeah. And uh, masters themselves told me also that talent is not enough. Yeah. You need you have to, work, to, need to work hard. You, have you to need work to work hard. very hard and you need to uh, be consistent with achieving your goals. Yeah. And, th and then you will achieve, you know, you will become, you will achieve your targets or your goals. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's, that's, uh, I can, I can kind of relate to, to that, what you were saying uh, about yourself, that you're always trying to give it a hundred percent or even, or even more. I, I, I see that in my, in, in my, in myself, when I'm doing dentistry, I cannot do it for 70 or 80%. It has to be all the way, but also if I pick up sports, I want to be the best in that sport and give it 110%. Uh, so um, and uh, exactly like you say, it's it's not only talent, it's also hard work. And I think people often forget, or what I notice when I talk to people, uh, younger dentists, they say, well, I want to do this or I want to do, do that. 
um, how did you start here or how did you um, get better at your at your composite work? I say, well, I practice after work. I sit down, I, I take a model, I start sculpting. And then I say, yeah, I don't have that time. But what I always tell people, and that's kind of what you say, um, is you, you, you need to put in the work. You, you, can't, you, you can't be a bodybuilder without going to the gym. You, 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 have to, you have to put in the work, you have to put in the hours, and then in the end you will su- succeed. And it, it still, it will, take you, it will take you years. Yeah. I think if you, if you ask all the masters if they have reached their top level, I think they all say that there's room for, for, for improvement, right? That's yeah. also the, the type there, of person that they are. Yeah, Never satisfied. Always, yeah. I, yes, they, they are always trying to uh, uh, achieve the next level. Yeah. yeah, and that I think that's that that is also something that keeps them going. Yeah. yeah, yeah, always trying to to be to be to be better. Um, and uh, what I want to focus on now is more the relationship between the dentist and the and the ceramist because what I remember and I'm kind of ashamed to say it, but when I first started, it was kind of normal to just um, if you were going to make a crown. You put on the uh, on the note to the to the lab. You ma- you made your imp- imp- impressions, uh, probably not very good. And you send them to the lab, and you put in a note, and you said, "Please uh, make a crown color A3." And that was that. And I didn't take any pictures. Um, I rarely even knew what kind of material I was looking for in a case. And obviously, and obviously, that changed for for me. But I think that. Um, it's still there. There are still still um, um, dental technicians, ceramists that get um, that get something like that. Um, um, and uh, what you also hear sometimes is that the uh, technician, when they get an impression that's not that good, not always wants to bother the dentist to say, okay, this impression isn't good, or trying to to teach them more to get a better result and. What do you think about the overall communication between dentists and dental technicians? Is it good or not? Yeah, so th- I love this question because uh, I struggled with, with, uh, with communication as well in the beginning, but it had to do with what we, what we, uh, what we learned from, from uh, for example, the, um, the, um, the, lead, the, the manager of the company or if it's not your own company, and you are uh, like employee, you are a little bit afraid as a, de- as a dental technician or ceramist to, to um, be very critical with the impressions that you receive in the laboratory. And you're afraid to lose the client. So a dental, from dental technician perspective, they are always careful how they communicate with the dentist so that they will not lose them. And when... Uh, when you talk about like the, the uh, so there are different, the, I think there are different levels of collaborations with the dentist. Yeah. If, if for example, when you, when you work in an average laboratory that is focusing only on production, then the relationship, I think that, that, that um, the dentist and technician have is that, you know, we collaborate with each other, but we don't want too much friction or too much communication, too much uh, investment in uh, making new impressions, right? Yeah. Because it's the, 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 the level of collaboration, the understanding 
is different than when you're on a higher level. Yeah. So when you approach me to collaborate, I know that you want to reach the top. I want to reach the top. And we have immediately the same understanding of what is quality. Yeah. So I think the understanding of what is quality between dentist and technician is very important to be able to have an open communication without being afraid that you can lose something. Yeah. Right. And um, another point that, that is very important is that what I see often is that, for example, if you are able to, if, if as a dental technician, you are a very good dental technician and you know, you know dentistry well, not only about your part of the work, I mean, being able to be dental technician and know everything about dental technology, but as a dental technician, you have to be able also to know about the clinical part, yeah. about materials, so that you are, you are giving value to the dentist in the collaboration. Yeah. So when, when as a dental technician, you are educated and have enough knowledge to be able to communicate correctly with the dentist, I think that the dentist will look differently to this relationship that he has with you, right? If you call a dental technician and you ask questions and he doesn't have the answer, you probably you will think, or he's not good enough. You will, you will, maybe you will not trust the relationship anymore. You will, yeah. you will, you will think, yeah, you know, I will give him the basic work and that's it. Yeah. Because he's not able to do more than that. Um, so I think, yeah, I think there are different things that are important. Uh, one as from, from that technician point of view, if you want to, if you want to have the, 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 the correct way of collaborating with dentists, you have to improve your, your knowledge. So read books, follow courses, lectures, congresses, uh, improve the communication because that's also a big part. Yeah. That is very difficult um, because the dentist is very busy, right? He has a full agenda. The dental technician is very busy. So you have to, you know, you have to know when to, when to talk with the dentist, uh, how to approach him, right? Um, so there, there should always be empathy from the dental part of dentists, right? And also from, from the dental yeah. technician. Yeah. Um, so I think empathy is also important. So if you have both empathy for each other work and communicate very transparent what's possible, what's not. And uh, that, yeah, I think that will um, make sure that the, the, the collaboration with each other will be better. I don't, so, so I talked with some masters and, and they, they were saying that, yeah, I became friends with the best dentists. Yeah. That's, that's a possibility, but it doesn't, that's not always the answer. You don't have to be the best friends. No, no. Right. If no, you have I a professional, agree. professional relationship with, with correct understandings, that's, that's fine. Yeah. 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 And, and when you need to ed educate a dentist, do you struggle with that or do you find it easy because you have that open, open uh, communication? So when the communication is open, then it's easier to, to, um, to, to say the truth, right? Yeah. To, to say, Hey, this is not correct because yeah. listen, there's reasons. Yeah. And um, what do you think? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's important. And I think I, 
wrote an article or, or a column about it, about our our uh, relationship, that it's very important to tell each other how you think, if it's good, if it's not good, but you can only learn and you only can prog- uh, prog- progress if you're honest to each other. And if, uh, yeah, behind your back, I'm thinking, oh, the, his margins are always crappy or this is not good. And you always think, well, his impressions suck or yeah. he, doesn't, <laughs> he, he doesn't give me enough space. Yeah, then it doesn't work and you get friction. And you don't get the best end result. I think um, I think open communication is important, and because we had we were collaborating with each other, it was a um, it was an interesting collaboration because we had we were honest to each other, right? And we were uh, we are communicating actually almost everything. So if something was not possible, and yeah. that that is what I what I liked about our collaboration. So we were critical, right? We want yeah. to achieve the best. Yeah, absolutely. But we are also human beings. Yeah. So, so sometimes, for example, if I wanted some corrections in a prep and it was totally not possible, I had to accept it, yeah. right? So we, we also must be a little bit flexible in yeah. what you, we cannot be stubborn and say, no, this is not possible. I'm not making it. Yeah. So we have to be, we have to understand each other's uh, like uh, positions as well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And when I think about our uh, communication and the communication I nowadays have with dental dental technicians with the ceramist, is that photography is 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 plays plays a huge role. Uh, everything goes with photography. I sometimes make a keynote presentation where I write things down. Sometimes a digital smile design. Um, how important is it for you to have those photos? It's a, it's very important. Otherwise, um, you 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 don't know, you know, f- for whom you are making it, right? Yeah. You don't know what to make exactly. Yeah. So when you when you see the patient, when you see the portraits, right? When you see the smile design, you can you can be- get a better feel what to yeah. make, what morphology to make, because if you do if you make a digital smile design, right? Digital smile design is very like um, mathematical, right? Yeah. You you want you want perfection. Yeah. But when you see the patient, and a, a video is even better when you see the patient or you see the patient live, you get a better feel how the patient moves, right? Yeah. The patient can, for example, be all the time like this, <laughs> right? Or like this. So according to the movements of the patient, you can you can also um, cal- take into account how to make the smile. Yeah. I see often smiles also with uh, famous, uh, famous uh, people on, on the television. Everything is super, super harmonious, yeah. like the, the perfect smile. Yeah. And then, it's get, but, and then it gets fake. And then it's fake because, yeah. you know, they are not symmetrical. Right. Yeah. So I, I love to I love to make smiles that are that are fitting exactly with the patient's smile and, you know, how they move the mimics. Yeah. Yeah, and, and that's think, why, yeah, yeah that's and, why it's better to see the patient live yeah. in the laboratory. Yeah, yeah and, and that's what I also like when I scroll to your Instagram. I don't see 10, 10 bleach veneers. No, mm-hmm. I see someone with a with just an average normal mouth. Uh, some teeth are crooked, some teeth are stained. There is a discoloration in a in a restoration. And you make a, a single central that fits perfectly in that uh, in that in the row in the in the mouth. And yeah, I've, I I I really admire that because we all 
almost always focus, especially if we look on Instagram, uh, we always feel always focus on those perfect 10 teeth. We make 10 veneers. And of course, there is a certain market for that. And there, there are patients where you can do that. And I, and I also do that. But we also have uh, a lot of people that just need or want one tooth done. And then it's so lovely to see that you can even make in their mouth, make a, a tooth that, that you cannot point out which one is fake. Um, and if we look at the, at the photography, is there a specific protocol of photos that you want or does that, doesn't that really matter? In, uh, when you are talking about shade matching or? Yeah, yeah, for, for example. Yeah, so when, uh, when we are doing shade matching, what, um, what you need is, um, is, a, is an image, like a, a close-up. Yeah. Uh, close-up from, let's say, premolar to premolar. Yeah. And without cross-polarization filters. Yeah. Um, with the maximal occlusion. Yeah. And with, um, with um, the incisors touching the lower incisors, so upper, lower, yeah. upper centrals, lower incisors, to, be, to, to see the translucency, right? Yeah. Because as a dental technician, we have to be able to understand the depth of the, the relationship between dentin and enamel. Mm -hmm. And that's why you want to see how, um, how the enamel behaves on different light circumstances. So we have maximal occlusion, we have... Um, we have the central incisors touching each other so we can see the incisal depth. Yeah. Then what's also very helpful is to uh, get cross-polarization images yeah. so that you can see the internal structure yeah. uh, more in detail. And, and if you want to uh, measure the color, you can make images with, with gray cards or you can use, for example, the new innovation in, in uh, dentistry that is OptiShade. You yeah. know, uh, yeah. that's that's take the image that is taking the image of the tooth uh, with um, yeah with ac very accurate uh, color measurement. Yeah, yeah. We will talk about the OptiShade later, but when we go back to cross polarization, some people might not know what it is. Can could you explain what it is? Yeah. So what cross polarization means is that when uh, when you take the images, right, you have. Um, um, so the, 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 the polarizers, right? If, if, um, so the light, if the light goes through the polarizers and let's say you have a twin flash, so you have the yeah. lateral and um, the lateral flashes and you, have, you need a polarizer on the, on the lens itself. Mm -hmm. So if you look, if you look at, at uh, polarizing images, they're... they're um, Ja, dit moeten we uitknippen eigenlijk. Oké, okay. ja, dat kan. Geen probleem. Ik zal even zo doen. En dan kunnen we weer beginnen. Ja, polarizing images. Hoe leg je dat uit? Ja, ik kan het, ook, ik kan het anders ook wel pro pro proberen uit te leggen, hoor. Zal ik het anders doen? Ja. Oké, okay. okay, dan doe ik het even zo. Ja, yeah, um, uh, we will talk about the OptiShade later, but if we go back to cross-polarization, some people might not know what cross-polarization is, and I'll try to explain it as best as I can. Uh, so if I'm saying something that isn't correct, please correct me. 
But um, uh, I, for example, have on my camera, I have a, a, a polarizing filter and it's a filter that I put on top of my lens. I use a ring flash with my polarizer, but you can also use a twin flash and then you have different, different filters. And what it actually does, it filters out the, um, the flash. So if you take a photo from a tooth, you always get a reflection of the flash. So you see some, some white spots and those white spots are the reflection of the flash on the enamel. And when you make the uh, polarized photo, you see those yeah, yellowish matte photos. And yeah, it has something to do with light bouncing uh, through the through and then coming back to your lens. And I'm not, I don't really know the exact way it works, but yeah, it, th those it are those. It is removing the light reflection. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's removing the the, the, the reflection of the of your flash. Um, and but when I also look at photography, what I see is that some people have a setup where you can see the incisal edge perfectly, and some people have a setup where you don't see the incisal edge. And it depends on if you have a ring flash. On a ring flash, it's really hard to see the line angles. You often see a big reflection on the buckle, uh, on the mid buckle area. Yeah. Um, with twin flashes, you see more of those highlights. But when you use soft boxes, it, yeah, you get an you get a nicer looking image, but I sometimes see that you that you lose the incisal edge, so you don't yeah. see the the translucency anymore. Is that something that you also notice? Yeah. So I always ask for for images that 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 are pure, that show the pure the the reality of the case. Yeah. So I never ask for images with softbox softboxes because that that it's creating. Um, and uh, it's creating an illusion that uh, is is uh, not showing the reality. Yeah. So I always ask for for images with hard light, like yeah. direct, direct, uh, in direct flashlight. Actually. Yeah. Uh, position the flashlight fifteen degrees, right from from ninety degrees, fifteen degrees inside. Yeah. And and you can you can manage you can see the reality of the of the patient's. Uh, situation very clearly you can see details and also the translucency is very easy to read off the images yeah and if if i take photos with a softbox and i take a polar uh, a polarized photo do you still see the translucency then um you can see translucency but because the softbox is is making the whole surface very yeah. uh, uh very uh, reflective yeah you can lose some information. Okay, so and if I only put it on my ring flash and then I take a polarized photo because then we lose the, the reflection of the light, will that give you enough information about the incisal edge? So if you use only, if you, if you use, so if you, are you talking about polarization? Yeah, 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 yeah. So for example, I have soft boxes on my, on my anterior shots yeah. because I like the way those photos look. Uh, but if I if I take a photo with that, you will lose some some information about the size or edge. But I always make an a, pol a polarized photo. If I make that if I make that photo, you is that information about the size or edge enough, or do you need those photos without softbox? Yes, you need photos without softbox. Okay. Yeah. 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 Because you you can you you have you can get information with polarization filters of the translucency. You mm -hmm. can get an idea what to do, but if you have the direct light, right, you can see it better and understand. Because with um, 
with direct light, you don't you don't only see the um, the translucency, but you can understand the layers. Yeah, the layers of the enamel better. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. And when we look closer to shade matching, because that was kind of the way we were we were heading right now, um, is a normal shade tab is that still sufficient or do we need something else nowadays so normal shade guide is if you if you look very uh, very closely to to natural dentin colors and compare with shade tabs they are uh, they are not matching uh, maybe one maybe one in the hundred will match precisely but that's it so most of the time we are guessing actually yeah and so when you when you think you have the right shade with comparing with Vita Classic, yeah, with your uh, when you think that right, you will write on the on on the order to the dental technician. Let's make an A three. Yeah, um, that is only one data point, one factor actually that that is important in shade matching, right? That you are only telling the dental technician one final color. Yeah. Right. So let's say let's say you have the right shade tab, right? You found the perfect shade tab, and with with your perception, it looks exactly the same. Yeah. So when you send it to the dental technologist, what he does, he uh, he orders, for example, a framework in A3, right? And he uses ceramic powder A3 because that is what you yeah. wrote on the order. And what, ha what is happening then is that uh, often, even though they think they use the, the A3 colors, that in the mouth, you are having a mismatch. Yeah. And is that, does that have to do with the shade tab or is that because an A3 is not an, a, is not an A3? Because when I look at, uh, from my side at composites, if I take 10 brands and I take an a, A3 color, they are all different. One is more A4, one is more A2, uh, one is more chromatic, one is more grayish. Uh, is that also true with dental ceramics? Yes, it's exactly the same situation. Okay, and is it also with shade tabs? Are sh yeah. shade tabs so it, also different? Yeah, so your sh shade tab A3, my shade tab A3 would be like totally different. Okay. So I will try to match my A3 while you took an another eight. You took yeah. an eight three, but looks differently. Yeah. And all and also the ceramics, ceramics, like I've yeah, if you take eight three from several brands, eight trees, you will see that all of them look differently. Okay, yeah. Yeah. So that's the same for, as for comp as for composite. Yeah. And um um i would like to talk more about about that later on the way we can we can tackle that. I think that we will come there when we Get to, get to start talking about Matisse. Um, but let's um, go back into measuring of the shade. Um, when do we need to measure the, the, measure the shade? Because, of course, in the mouth, we uh, dehydration plays a big role. Um, do I need to measure the shade immediately when the patient is in the chair? Can I measure it after five minutes? Or do I need to do it after tooth preparation? What's your, what's your view on that? After tooth preparation. After tooth preparation. No, I'm kidding. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, so the moment that the patient is sitting in the in the chair, the first thing that you have to do is take the take the shade. Yeah. 
because depending on the patient between 30 seconds and two minutes there is dehydration yeah for some patients it's, it's very quickly others it takes a little bit uh, more time so you need to take the image uh, the, the shade immediately actually the first thing that you have to do yeah uh if you if you if you do it after uh, preparation what sometimes happens if you forget to take the shade yeah most likely you will have a mismatch because you know dehydration makes the tooth brighter and it's may and it's and it's removing the color of the tooth yeah so it's removing the chroma yeah okay. yeah and um um when we look at the preparation sometimes it it is necessary to show you the um, the color of the tooth that's beneath it and we've discussed about this a lot and we will maybe talk about it later as well when we look at matisse but for example if you have an endodontically treated tooth they can sometimes be darker and sometimes you don't notice it because there's a there's a thick layer of composite on 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 top and uh, uh, there's a composite veneer you want to make a nice ceramic crown or veneer and you remove it and the tooth is getting darker and darker and i think it's it's nice for you to have that information then right yeah but if i take that photo after preparation i take a photo from a dehydrated situation so you get a you get the wrong information and i get a mismatch is it then better to schedule a, a, a new appointment um after 24 or 48 hours or maybe even longer after that to take a new photo when the tooth is yeah, rehydrated it, again it's it's very it's very critical to to get the information of the of the of the preparation and not after not after prepping the tooth but after uh, let's say a um, couple of days yeah if 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 um, so the ideal situation would be a couple of days later let's say yeah. two three days later yeah. to uh, ask the patient to return to remove the temporary make make uh, do the shade, shade selection of the prep measure the color yeah. that's it that's it yeah yeah so it's, okay. it's it can be a really short uh, appointment because i only need to make a photo of the preparation and that's it yeah yeah and and of course it's um it's also important to communicate if the tooth is uh, endotonic endoton treated yeah. right uh because as a then because we as a dentist technician can can also take for example another decision with uh, with the framework we can yeah. take for example a more opacious framework so that if the teeth is getting even darker yeah you can still, still hide it a bit yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah okay and when we look at the space you need um, as you know from uh, us working together uh, I like to prep minimal invasive and give you sometimes a lot of trouble. Uh, having enough space um is there an ideal or does it really depend on this on the situation that you're it, that you're treating yeah. it really depends on the situation so if the if the tooth is uh, vital right yeah. the tooth is healthy the color is perfect then you can prep uh, let's say um uh, 0 0.8 to 1 millimeter yeah uh, but that the situation should be perfect yeah but if there is, if there is, if there is a slightly, if the color is slightly discolored, then prefer preferably 1.2 millimeter. That's the, that's really the the minimum. Okay. That we need, yeah. and 
because the thing is that we need, we always have to calculate the space for the framework mm -hmm. and the space for the ceramics. Yeah. And the frameworks always have like a minimal thickness that we are allowed to, to use, for example, 0 0.4, 0 0.5. Yeah. Right. And then you need to, then you still need room to, to put your layers on top. Yes. And if, yeah. but when the, when the situation is like normal and you, you prep less, we can, we can work with thinner layers okay. uh, with more translucent layers so that the result is still, still natural. But yeah. basically what we do when, when you prep less, right. Mm -hmm. What we do is we use the background color, right. Yeah. To, uh, to use, to, to support our final color. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because we've we've done some 0.3s, 0.4 preps, uh, but in those cases the the teeth were vital and the color was already kind of okay, and it was usually a tooth that had a large composite restoration. But um, yeah, the the basis of the of the tooth was the right color, and then you can work with that as you sort of your yeah your background, and then you get more translucency if I get it right yeah. to to uh, in the end get the right color yes that's that's exactly right yeah. but if it's not right you have to yeah. recreate the prep you have to, if, if the prep is discolored yeah you have to recreate the background color on the framework yeah so then you need more space yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and um well when we're going to talk about matisse now but when we look at that what it says or what i think when i think about matisse is that you can get a hundred percent shade match without seeing the patient mm -hmm. how, uh, how does that work it, it works with uh, with a correct measurement yeah. and by the dental technician following the right workflow and the recipe of matisse um so the question is what what means 100 percent right yeah. Yeah, 100% you can, uh, you can refer in uh, numbers, right? You mm -hmm. can say LAB numbers should be exactly the same. And what are LAB numbers? It is representation of, um, of uh, the denting color in, in LAB color space, right? So the L is the brightness, luminosity, the A and B are representing the color of the tooth. Yeah. So you can, you can measure it in uh, exact like facts, right? Numbers. Mm -hmm. But you can also um, you can also look at it in another way. What is the other way? The other way is to have visual identical match. A visual identical match visually means you cannot measure the exact color, but in the mouth it's a perfect match. Yeah. So if if you if you if you would um, if you would um, if you would measure the perfect match, like what you can see, that you, what you visually perceive, if you would measure it, maybe it's maybe it's eighty percent match. Okay. Right. But but visually it looks identical. Yeah. The, of course there is there is there are skills involved of the ceramist, right? Yeah. If you, if, if 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 as a ceramist you know how to layer the tooth to to uh, to translate the ceramic powers into the natural uh, natural histoanatomy right of the dentin so if you know how to position the dentin the internal effects and the enamels you will most most likely achieve an identical match um so are we able to achieve a shade match without seeing the patient yes 
but there are some some critical points and there, there we need some practice yeah because why do we need some practice we need some practice because we are working only with pictures right mm -hmm. so yeah. in the beginning in the beginning it's it's uh it's a little bit difficult to understand okay what do we see and how do we translate it into the ceramic powders yeah. but once once you do a couple of cases and and you learn from your mistakes, you will calibrate yourself the next times to understand what you see and how to make the restoration. Yeah. So you're completely depending on the photos that I take. And if I give you the wrong photos, there is a big chance that we will end up with a wrong result. Um, not, not necessarily wrong. Um, so there is a there is an acceptable result that yeah. when you put it in a patient mouth, and you are you are uh, you are you are okay with the result. Yeah. Maybe as a dentist you think this can be much more better, but the patient is happy. Yeah. So those are the acceptable results. So if something is going wrong in the process of shade taking, maybe we will be one, two, maybe three percent off because we did something wrong in taking the pictures wrongly or delivering the information. Yeah. But still that doesn't mean that the crown will not be cemented. Yeah. But what you are talking is I want this ident identical match that I, yeah. I place the crown in the mouth and I don't see the difference between the crown and the natural tooth. Yeah. So for those, in, for those results, you need a talented ceramist yeah. and you need to, to deliver the correct information um, yeah, I think those are the, the, the two, two, two things. Yeah, and yeah. If, if we do that correctly, you could be somewhere in the southern part of Brazil and I could be here in Holland and I could send you my cases. You can send, yeah. back, the, you can send back the crown or the veneer and it will be a fit. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, like, I, like we said before, you are the founder of Matisse. And um, what is Matisse exactly? And I think we also know a bit about eLab. We see that around. Uh, is there a difference between eLab and Matisse? And what what are those systems? What is it actually? Yeah. What, what does it do? Yeah, it's a good question. So what is Matisse? Uh, Matisse is a, is a shade matching software, which is uh, giving the dental technician uh, all the tools to make sure that uh, he achieves a predictable shade match. So we are, we are a shade matching software. Um, Matisse is, a, is also an acronym. So all the letters, they mean something. So it's matching any tooth in shade so easily. Nice. So we want to make shade matching easy for the dental technician. Yeah. So, um, so often... People ask, what is the difference between eLab and Matisse? And the difference is uh, basically that, uh, so eLab gives recipes for a dental technician and Matisse gives recipes. Mm -hmm. But people want to know, okay, what is the difference? So Matisse, the methodologies are different. So we use a different methodology to achieve a final color and they use a different methodology to, use a to achieve a final color. So what are the differences then? So Matisse is using the pure ceramic powders that we already have in our ceramic kits. And we use this ceramics to, to uh, so Matisse gives a recipe to, um, of different ceramic powders. 
So when the, then the technician mixes recipe, after lay, making the crown, he will achieve the final color. Yeah. What Elab does, Elab is creating, is adding pigments to their dentings, right? So they're adding pigments to achieve a certain color. So okay. that's, that's, yeah. uh, that's the difference in, in the recipes. So um, why I chose to, to follow the ceramic powders only recipes is because when you use the ceramic powders only, you are able to, to not only to achieve the color correctly, but you can also play with the translucency and you can, you can mimic the different, different dentings that you see in the nature. So for example, the sclerotic denting, right? Yeah. The very, um, um, yeah, very translucent and chromatic dentings that we see in nature, we can only achieve the correct recipe with Matisse because if you look at the ceramic kit, the ceramic kit has opacious powders, translucent powders, and transparent powders. Mm -hmm. So because we use the kit, ceramic kit, we are, we are using almost all the kit, right? Not all the kit, but we are using the most important powders. And because we use different uh, opacities and translucencies, we can play with it. So that's why when you look at the results that are taken with Matisse, you don't, you don't see anything. You don't, it's like blending in the mouth. Yeah. Why? Because we don't have one opacity. Yeah. We are, we, we are using different, different, um, uh, different kind of uh, yeah, translucencies, which in the mouth, it looks very, it, the optical integration of a Matisse crown is um, very natural because you can imagine what what light does, right? Light yeah. reflect is reflecting from more opacous zones in the tooth, yeah. and it's more light absorbing the more translucent areas in the tooth. And if you can if you can do the, the exact um, if you can replicate the exact translucency from the nature with ceramic powders, yeah, you get the same effect. You can, you can get the same effect. Of course, we always create illusion, right? But the illusion looks very natural in the mouth. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, sounds, sounds great. So um, it's software that if I take a photo, it from the LAB values, it will give you a recipe um, on how to mix your powders to get the right color. So you, what you do, yeah. you make the translation between... Uh, 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 the LAB colors and the uh, colors you need to get that result. Yeah. So, right? so once uh, once the once a picture is uploaded into Matisse, yeah, we have a digital uh, live, like internally built digital color meter. So when the the image is uploaded in the software and you go you go you scroll on the image, right? You mm -hmm. go on the tooth, you see live all the LAB numbers, like the real color of the dentine of the okay. yeah. So you can see live the colors of the tooth. And you can also get the, 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 the recipes, right? So if you want the cervical area recipe or the incisal area recipe, you click on it and you, you get the recipe. But that's, that's, not, that's not all because if you have only the dentin recipe, doesn't mean you will achieve the perfect match. So what Matisse does is once you, once you upload, once you uh, measure the final color and the preparation color, right? What else, what other information do we need to calculate the framework and the recipe, right? Yeah. We need yeah. the space available. Yeah, yeah. 
Absolutely. So that's why we, we always ask for the final, like the color of the final tooth or the picture of the final tooth, picture of the prep. And then in the Matisse, you calculate the prep and the final color. And Matisse gives the, the framework advice, right? Yeah. With uh, the brand that you want to use and the ceramic advice, the brand that you want to use plus the enamel. Yeah. And does it also happen that you find out you have two less of space? Yes, that, that happens. That happens. And if, if, if in a situation, Matisse is not able to generate a recipe, for example, yeah. he will tell, he will give an error. Like, okay. please ask the dentist to not please ask the dentist, but <laughs> um, to, to um, in this situation is not like possible to achieve. Yeah. A, and can you also use it as a tool in the beginning to think about how much I should prep? So I take a photo, you upload it, and you tell me, okay, I need 0.8, or is that isn't that possible because you don't have the preparation photo? It's uh, it's not possible if, if you want to do it correctly, but you 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 could do so you you could do it. For example, you could say, let's say the um, um Let's say it's a natural tooth that you want to prep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and it is a really dark tooth, and the and the tooth adjacent to it is the color you want to achieve. Yes, then you can then you can use it in in a way that you are saying. Okay, so, so then we can use it as a as a diagnostic tool to so you can tell me okay I need at least a, a, a millimeter or one point two or zero point eight. Yes, and I can... that's, that's that is also what we have done in the past. Okay, yeah. so you were sending the the yeah, yeah, we did. initial yeah. situation. Yeah, and I was. I was calculating it with Matisse and I was telling you, yeah, in this situation with one or 1.2 millimeter, we will be able to succeed. Yeah. Yeah. We had a case yeah. where uh, I told you I'm going to prep now and I will call you after my preps. It was removal of two old crowns with an, uh, yeah, with a metal buildup still inside of the tooth and it was fixed pretty good. So I didn't want to remove the entire, uh, the entire post and core. And I sent you the photos and I called you. Okay, uh, how is this uh, situation? What do you need? Okay, I need to take off a bit more and then, then it will be, will, will be fine. Yeah, it's it's really nice nice addition to the, to the software. And um, um, uh, when we look at OptiShade, because OptiShade is something new, it's something you designed with Style Italiano. What, what is OptiShade? Exactly. Uh, uh, Exactly. Is it something that um, uh, is instead of Matisse or does it work with Matisse? What is it? So OptiShade is uh, developed by Style Italiano, Jordi, Ama Jordi Manauta specifically, uh, together with SmileLine. So yeah. those, two, those two companies developed OptiShade. Um, they, um, uh, Jordi Manauta approached me uh, approximately two years ago in Amsterdam and he, uh, he asked me if I want to collaborate in this project yeah. because, because he wanted to collaborate with Matisse Software yeah. because he was amazed with the results that our community was achieving. And so since then, we started to, um, to, uh, to collaborate. So they, they developed OptiShade. They developed the accuracy of the machine. And we integrated Matisse with, uh, with OptiShade. So basically... Uh, I was doing the research with OptiShade to make sure the recipes with OptiShade are working accurately. And uh, they, they designed uh, the tool actually. Okay. And OptiShade is only compatible with Matisse. And 
um, so the files that that are opened in Matisse, the, the, the OptiShape files, right? Those are encrypted. So only the, the software can like decrypt it and show the images in the software. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. And it, so it is a, a shade uh, taking tool. Yeah, so it's- so a, it, it, it takes the photo, instead of my camera, I use OptiShade to take the photos. Yeah, so OptiShade uh, does a couple of things. It takes the photo of the, of the tooth mm -hmm. Uh, and automatically, when he takes a photo, he he has all the color data. Okay. So it is it is a very small um, very small device. You can it fits in in the palm of your hand. It's actually the perfect shade guide, as they call it. So once you place once you place the opti shade on the on the tooth, right? You see it live. You see the tooth live on your mobile app on their opti shade mobile app. So once you click. On the on the tooth, like on the OptiShade, to take the image, you see immediately the colors of the tooth. So basically, in five seconds, you took the shade of the tooth. Okay, and I see it in LAB colors, or do I see it already translated in a in an A3 or A2? Yeah, and that's that's also cool because you see the LAB colors. Yeah, and you see the closest match in in. Uh, in 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 shade guides. Okay. So you you can they so they are continuously improving, uh, adding new libraries. Yeah. Of shade guides, so they have Vita Classic, they have uh, Vita 3D Master, they have um, um, uh, some other uh, shade guides. Yeah. And so you can you can see the the closest representation of the actual color. Yeah. You see that, like, yeah, in the in the mobile app, you can also um, you can also compare, for example, two images in, in in the mobile app. For example, as a dentist, if you want to track bleaching, right? Okay, so you can take a, a, a pre-op photo and then after bleaching, and then compare yeah. the difference. So you can see the delta E difference of the two colors. Yeah, uh, you can keep keep track of that. As a dental technician, with OptiShade, you can uh, you can do a final color check. So before you send the crown to the dentist, you want to be sure that the color is correct, right? Yeah. So, the, yeah. As, a, so as a dental technician, you take the image with OptiShade, you do the compare mode, right? The final color yeah. with crown. And if you, if you, uh, if you are, um, uh, if you like the result, you send it to the dentist. Ah, oh, great. That's yeah. nice. But and I have to make, I have to make important point here. Yeah. And that is that, so, if you want to achieve like a perfect match or acceptable match, it's still advised to use the LAB numbers. Okay. Because the shade guide doesn't represent the actual color of the denting, but it's a, it's a great tool to understand yeah. which, what is the closest match. Yeah. 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 So yeah. you still need to, you still need to need the LAB colors. And are there any other things? that we need to be aware of when using Matisse or OptiShade because it sounds like the perfect system. I give you a photo, I give you an impression and you do your magic and I get a perfect match. But yeah, so, so one, one thing that, that, uh, that we need to add, so with OptiShade and Matisse, you will achieve very good results. Um, some of them will be perfect. Some of them will be maybe less perfect or uh, um, like good, good enough, acceptable. 
The, the reason is there are two things. One is the learning curve. You need to emerge yourself to learn how to use it. Um, and another thing is that if you use only OptiShades, right? Only that is the tool that you use. Yeah. The color of the crowns, right? Will be perfect because you can measure the result. Yeah. But, but if you want to have the identical match, yeah. then you need to add one extra image. So what is the extra image that you need? You need to take one DSLR image, right? Without polarization filters with a Matisse gray card. Okay. When you add, add it in, when you send this image to the lab, the dental technician, when he's, when he's trying to match the enamel, right? Mm -hmm. Because the secret in identical shade matches is in the enamel. Ah, okay. So, so the OptiShade is taking a polarized photo for me. Yes. You need the, the photo with the reflections so you can say more about the, yeah, the, the surface of the enamel and the, yes. the reflection. And, the, and to understand the depth, right? The depth yeah. of field. Um, and that will help the dental technician to understand the situation even better. Yeah, okay. No. But I, I, I think that if a dental technician really wants, he can also learn, learn to use OptiShade only and still achieve very good results. Okay. Yeah, no. it, it really depends on uh, how far you want to go with, uh, with shade matching. Because for example, we are, you and me are, yeah, we are the like, um, you know, the, the nerds. We want to achieve always the best results. Yeah. But that's not with all the world, right? No, 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 not, that's so right, yeah. Often, often I've heard dental technicians telling me, you know, I am happy if I if I have a single central of shade match and I'm sending out the crown and I never hear anything back. Then it's good, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, maybe you and me try to achieve 90, 100% match, yeah. right, or 80%. Yeah. They are already satisfied with 70 or 75. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As, as long as the color is right, it's yeah. good enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can, I can understand that. And... Um, um there uh, when you don't get a hundred percent result is the do you know is there a, a main reason for that why that happens uh because we also had some some cases where we didn't have a hundred percent match is that then because of the of the space or is that because of the um, the dehydration or is is that hard hard to say does it depend from case to case it can um it, it, it depends for, uh, for case to case. And it, the, there, there, there are factors that, that, uh, that could cause this issue. For example, a factor can be that, um, for example, you and me were working with different cameras, yeah. right? So you were working with, uh, I think, Canon 9? Yeah. Canon 80D and 90D. Yeah. yeah, so you were working with Canon. 80D, 90D. I was working with Canon 6D. Yeah. Uh, if you if you come if you uh, measure the same color with the do, both cameras, you will see that the color is a little bit differently in, differently interpret, interpreted okay. by the two cameras. Also, if we take both with the, with the same gray card. So yeah. if we sit here next to next to each other, we have the same gray card, and we have a model here, and we take with both cameras the same photo, we still have different colors. You will see differences in cameras. Okay. 
Yeah. And do, do does the software um, 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 compensate for that? Do you need to fill in the type of camera that the dentist has? Or no, we. Uh, that's why it's uh, it's. Um, that's why OptiShade is the answer okay. because you don't you don't have these issues anymore. No, because you everyone has the same camera. Everyone has the same camera. Yeah. 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 And uh, so you don't have these issues anymore. And it's also, in my opinion, not it is not worth to uh, to to cal to calculate for all the errors that cameras have. Mm -hmm. Also, gray cards can have differences between gray cards. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so. If you look at uh, if you look at using cameras for shade matching and using OptiShade for shade matching, so cameras have a bigger error yeah. than using OptiShade. Yeah. So for us, it's uh, it's the perfect collaboration to work with uh, SmileLine and Style Italiano with OptiShade uh, because we know that we see always the same color, and as Matisse with the recipes, we can give the accurate colors to replicate the final color. So, yeah. Yeah. And so, um, but that's that's uh, Marta. That's one thing. Yeah. Another another thing could also be um, that, for example, not not getting the right information. For example, not having the prep color. Yeah. Or dehydration. Yeah. And so that's from the let's say from the dentist, and then there is the dental technician part. Uh, some some teeth are very difficult to replicate, right? We are we we work with fake materials, right? Ceramics. We don't have the light optical optical um, properties as from as as natural teeth. So sometimes there are some internal effects of opalescence, right? That we are not able to uh, to replicate. So sometimes we have to accept that the perfect match is not possible. Mm -hmm. um, but it all it can also it it could also do something with, with the layering skills, right? Because it's handwork, right? Mm -hmm. Handwork. If, if during my layering, I make some mistakes, right? Maybe I, uh, I layered the dentin on the wrong position or the mammalons on the wrong, right? And I put too much enamel instead of less, or I, I use, I use a, a more opaque enamel while I had to use a more transparent, it can affect the result. Mm -hmm. yeah. So there are a lot of lot of factors that are sensitive in achieving the perfect match. Yeah, yeah that makes sense. And uh, for example, if we we uh, are doing a case today, and I have the OptiShade in practice, do you only want the OptiShade picture from me, or do you still want the portrait? Still want the the smile photo? Still want the occlusion, the sizal edges? Do you still need those photos or? No, if you, if you make a single central, then one OptiShade photo, one photo with camera without filters, but with, with a gray card, yeah. those two images are more than enough yeah. to achieve a very good shade match. Yeah, okay. yeah, that's nice. And well, uh, one of my final questions, um, when I work with you, we did a lot of analog work. So still say old school impressions, even though we're going to a digital, uh, era now uh, all your all the work you are doing all the calculating is also digital how do you feel about the digital workflow so scanning uh, or do you prefer the the analog to have a stone model in your hand what do you prefer and and why 
Uh, honestly, I, I still prefer analog work because uh, uh, I believe that the, the, the precision is better. Mm-hmm. And also the, the gypsum models, right? In the gypsum models, um, you can see more details. Yeah. Um, with, uh, of course, print, 3D printed models are improving, right? It's getting more precise, better. Um, but I think with, uh, if I have to choose printed or analog, I would still use uh, analog yeah. um, because it's more precise. And so maybe I'm still the old school when it comes to uh, that part of the yeah. dig- digitalization. Um, yeah. On the on the other hand, like uh, of course I believe in uh, in the digital workflow, right? Uh, digital um, digital scans, digital um, uh, like CutCam. Yeah, that's the future. So we have to be uh, flexible and adapt. But I would like to see more precision in three uh, D printing, and um, yeah, because you and me know that. Uh, I mean, if, if my margins are not closing, yeah. right? If the crowns, you will call me and yeah. you will tell me what is this, right? Yeah, yeah. But that's why. That's why I, I. That's why I wanted from you also the precise analog impression, so that I can also make precise work. Yeah. I believe. I think. I don't know. Maybe you can. You can uh, elaborate on that. I believe if you would send me three D printed, uh, like three uh, or mouth scans. Uh, 3D mouse scans that I would not be able to achieve the precision that you want. That's exactly the what I find out during the the, um, the past years. Uh, I started when I graduated enthusiastically with a scanner. Uh, scanning is easy. Scanning is is amazing. You can show a patient uh, exactly what is wrong. I use it as a diagnostic tool almost every day. Uh, I scan a patient, I show them where there's wear, where there are other problems. Scanning is, is, is amazing. In, in uh, bigger cases, I scan patients beforehand, I scan patients afterward, just to have the initial situation and the final situation and not have to um, store their, their real uh, models anywhere in the practice. But what I find out when doing, when doing um, uh, CAT CAM work, CAT CAM designing of, of, of veneers, of crowns, it wasn't the level of precision that I wanted. And I find out that most of it is due to the, the, the models and uh, the printing of the models. And what I remember, because I think the first day that I met you, I also asked you about scanning and you also told me that uh, um, secondary and the tertiary anatomy is, is way easier to um, to determine on a stone model on a good yeah. on a good impression than on digital because you have printing lines and it's 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 really difficult to to see and I also have the feeling and I'm I'm I don't know a lot about digital but the feeling that some of the models are uh, there are different baths that they go in depending on the on the if they print it or they can extract it. Um, and what I see is that sometimes I have the idea that the teeth get a bit smoother than they really are. Mm. So you lose a lot of your secondary and tertiary uh, anatomy. So I also, for precision cases, I always go for, or I always try to go for the, an- 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 the analog way. 
and mm. I still do some digital, but that's mostly for overlays in the, in the posterior region. Yeah. Um, yeah, where I don't have any fine margins. Uh, but if I want to do a really precise, minimal invasive uh, veneer preparation, I don't go digital. Yeah. It doesn't uh, work in my hands. Good. And I believe that there are people there that can get fantastic work with digital. And I don't say it doesn't work, but it doesn't work in my hands. And uh, yeah, maybe I, there's something I need to learn about it. Um, and it will, in five years, I will only do digital. I don't know. But right now I'm still doing uh, still doing an, an, doing analog. Yeah. No, I agree with that point that still, if you want to uh, achieve like uh, the perfect uh, fit and uh, also for the technician to have the correct, uh, like, you know, secondary morphology, mm -hmm. the surface texture to see it better, I think still um, to use analog impression, it's a, it's a must. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah th those were, our, th those were the questions that I had. Um, what I uh, wanted to tell our audience today is that uh, you are also a speaker during Biomimetic 2021. Biomimetic 2021 is a conference um, where we have uh, where we have multiple speakers, and we do um, we do webinars with them. We pre-record them and we we release them on December 24th, and they will be online for four weeks. And you can watch them whenever you want, and you. Um, uh, and uh, after four after four weeks, all webinars will go offline. If you want more information about that, uh, go to our our website or uh, www.karmadentistry.com or visit our Instagram or Facebook page. Um, and you will be one of the speakers, and you will be talking about Matisse, about the Matisse software, what it is, and um, actually what we. Uh, it is kind of what we discussed today, but then you will give us, us examples of cases and you will show us what the LED colors are and how the software works in calculating and how you layer. I will, I will, um, actually, I will, I will, um, I want to, what, what we did before, like creating Matisse, mm -hmm. we did research to find out what are the factors that are yeah. influencing the shade match. So I will, I will talk about eight challenging factors. Ah, great! Yeah, and uh, I will uh, I will address all the points that are making uh, shade matching so difficult. Yeah, and I will give the solutions. Yeah, right. Yeah, uh, I would like to I would like to thank you for this uh, for this podcast. It was a pleasure to You're talk welcome. to you again, and uh, I hope we could work the, uh, we could work together again someday. Uh, because uh, I love having these conversations as both dental nerds uh, trying <laughs> to get the best. <laughs> Yeah. Thank you, Marta. It was yeah. a huge honor. Thank you very much. And uh, bye. See you. See you. Bye bye.